Kayanos, fresh tongues. Kayanos, fresh tongues. A new depth, a new fountain, a new depth, a new fountain. Kayanos! There is nothing like the presence of God in the whole world. Oh my God. If it's a sister sitting beside you and you are a sister, check whether the person has a new hairstyle. Please tell her the hairstyle is looking fine. Look for adjectives. Look for expletives. My God. Say thank you well. Say thank you. If they tell you, you you respond properly. If if a brother is sitting beside you and you are a brother and the guy has not shaved for long, he has not got his hair. According to missiologists, people like C. Peter Wagner, they came to Africa, especially Nigeria, using Nigeria as a, huh? a sample. And they said that the revival in Nigeria is very wide but very shallow. They heard that revival is on. It's not what is happening today. This is what happened many, many years. They said it's what? Why? But what? Very shallow. So there is something missing. Let's pray in the spirit for one minute.
that's that's your question should follow your her question. When we would have succeeded in dealing with the kinds of leaven, then the next thing um, consequently should be how to deal with it. Is it not true? So you want me to teach my class in the beginning. So it's a good question, but something that will be answered at, uh, in the course of the day. I want. Sit down, give her the mic. Both. She said, Is it something that can be learned or something that is inside you? And the answer is what? Both. Uh-huh. Because from what I taught yesterday, you can see that it can be both. When we are talking about it, we said that we use the example of doctrine because according to Jesus, just put Matthew chapter 16 on, on the screen. Even though this screen, what was wrong with this screen, Elijah, Joshua? Let's deep. This is not my screen. What color is this? This is not the color that God created me with. yesterday we spoke about doctrine in two dimensions is it not true considering that you will find out that her answer the answer we gave her is correct okay who who else raise your hand let me find the people i was looking for go and give lotana Take the person. Let's see. 
to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. May you not come to this point in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> no, you will not come there. Kai, kai, kai. And churches don't do it anymore. They don't even, I don't want to go there. You want their members to finish. So, your question, we may or may not touch it in the course of our teaching. Who else raise hand? Come and give. Huh? That's what you wanted to ask. Go and give Budoza. Sit down, sit down. You are, you are in your father's house. Sit in two seats. No, you are back. Sharp, sharp. Let's do a welfare service. Hmm? Okay. Okay, praise God. Then I want to ask, yesterday when you were teaching us, Okay, according to the Bible, it said that little life has the capacity to. That what? Like, yes, the only teacher told us that um, this love is like catalyst, and that it, even the smallest can love in the whole lump. So I want to know, is it that this love has more capacity than the original content that it has the capacity to to love in the whole lump? Is it that the whole lump that you are you are afraid now? <laughs> He's voicing his fears. How can I have something good? And then the small one that is not good will now come and overcome all of them. So he's, oh, you two have the same. You are wondering the big one I have. Why is it that it is the small one that is the problem? That is why it is called a leaven, a catalyst. Huh? It is, it is, um, it is something that not expect initially that it will have that much impact because of the size because of how small it is but um, the reason why it is a serious matter is because it can go along with the rest of the good things that's actually the reason why it's important what we are trying to say is that it doesn't mean that there is unavailability of good things it's just that um, the good things have now been corrupted by the leaven. Huh? The effect, the impact, the growth is not necessarily 100% as a result of the organic life of God. But along the way, leaven entered inside and helped. Doc, are you still fast?
Africa we ask we ask solved by word of knowledge, is it not true? <laughs> we ask solved by you look at the food. Look at it right there. By word of knowledge. When I was small, I was wondering what was the basis of the measurement that my mother is using to act. She just pick it like this. Do like this, do like this. By word of knowledge. Let's assume word of knowledge failed you that day. Are you getting the point? And what was your best food, bro? What was your best food? You now stop looking at the back. Let's say you are sick, you are down. You are when they tempt you with it, you need to rebuke yourself. Let's say God said, My son, don't eat, don't eat. You have to apply spirit power for you to stop. What kind of food is that? <laughs> eh? You say fried rice, add chicken, add add, bebelo, add everything to it. So, fried rice. <laughs> Your temptation is not even hard. <laughs> Amen. So we brought fried rice to you. That's your best food. Hmm? But salt has permeated it. I'm just giving that kind of example now. Are you seeing what we are saying? Good food, too much salt. And for that reason, can you still be eating? You, know, you can try with hunger. You will try, try, try. That's the best way, even though that's not exactly what it is. I'm just trying to show you the effect based on comparison. Because you are comparing based on size. Is it not true? And I'm showing you that it is not necessarily size. It's influence. Influence is not necessarily by size. It is by the innate power to cover. Cover the reach. So, you will notice that even though the leaven is small, but the influence it had on the rest... In fact, the danger with the leaven is its influence because it is having impact. It is manifesting it. If leaven comes on its own, you will know easily. Are you with me? Yes, but it will go and leaven the lump because we are seeing bread. But there is leaven. That's actually the problem. Is it okay now? One more. You told us to stop calling you a Mecca. What do you say we should call you? Huh? <laughs> okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, Papa, my impression is this. When we talk about leaven, mm. I'm trying to know how the leaven comes. Is it by acquired or inherited or something that moves from the bloodline? Because when some people started acting in some certain way, if you're trying to trace it back, you see that some people in that bloodline have been behaving the same way. So I'm trying to know if there is a spirit compelled to do the same way. Or is it just somebody... So I, I, I've answered it in that my sister's question. And I said this both. All this thing, is it by this? Is it by this? Is it by this? My answer is, it is by all of them. So, somebody will say, show me that scripture in the book of, um, I think, the Romans. Show 
show me first Corinthians chapter five. I'm looking for something. Considering, considering, considering this, and Mamadema question, seeing that each and every one of us have a learned... You are making a lot of assertions. He has made three assertions, and all of you accepted. Even though me, I did not accept. Hmm? Okay, okay, let me start from the last one. Considering Mamadema question... Okay, continue. Considering my Madema question, which you answered. He's hanging on you now. <laughs> I continue. Each and every one of us has a learned or inherent living. Mm -hmm. Okay, can somebody be totally free? So, why are we teaching if it's not possible? So, nah, um, sir, mm -hmm. please. Okay, because if, if we look at in, in, in the scriptures, 
okay, can somebody be totally free or do do the living have to because we are is inherent, it have to cause some damage before somebody can be totally free from it. So look at look at the basis of what I'm seeing. Um be patient, let's listen to it. I may not quote scriptures. If you look if you look at Jacob, Jacob was was a very cunning man. And throughout his lifestyle, is at the end. Is at the end that what should what he should have lived, what should have been in his lifestyle was now lived. If you look at Moses, 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 Bible said, Bible said, after giving a after saying something, the Bible said, now Moses is a is a meek man. That one is the Bible that in fact is not is not this one is God assertion God was the one that said it if you look at David David of all things we know we know that David is a warrior he's a good man but there are some weaknesses in David which we also know as living but it's at the end that he now lived as he ought to live from the beginning there was a time where the damsel was brought to him at his sick bed he rejected it does it because this thing so he's trying to convince me. <laughs> you know, when he's when he asks the question, he, he looks as if I do not understand the severity of his issue. So he he use uh, what are they? He use Jacob, use Moses, and use David to convince me of how severe the issue is. Okay, since you want to wait till your old age, no problem. Why are we teaching you? Is so that you will not wait till old age. Oh, you want to wait till old age? Let's pause the class and wait for you. That's why we are here. That's why we are what? Yeah. And I told you people yesterday, if you don't do something about it, five years time, ten years time. So after me, I'm blessed to hear this teaching. It's in the Bible. There are some things the Bible will say, and the Bible will say, blessed are the ears that hear this. There are some things you wish. There are some things I, I hear now. I would just wish I heard it five years ago. There are some people saying it. Oh, I wish I had been hearing this. How I would I wouldn't have made all these kind of mistakes. I say your ears are blessed. Some of the proof of God's mercy is hearing the right thing. There are some people that their life is messed up because of the wrong things there. And they see they were sincerely serving God, sincerely they it's not as if they were sincerely trying to be good. They still had the wrong one. When they, their life is damaged. It's now, it's now broken pot or broken glass. Which one is better? Huh? And there is nothing we can do. Some of those things have already caused damage. Caused some things. Because you have not had. And there is nothing we can do. The best thing we can do is to tell you now. In the name of Jesus Christ. So if you want to hear me, you hear me. If you don't want, you leave it. I'm still your pastor. I will wait for you. Whether you are broken or unbroken, I'm anointed to help you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> there are people, they, they have vowed, mm, I must be broken before I will be helped. So you will be teaching them now. Ana wagari, ana wagari. They'll be doing like this, doing like this, dodging some. Do- when you break, I'm 
still here. And there is a treatment for broken people. It's not the same with people that never break. Hmm? Blessed are the ears that hear this, you know. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Okay, show me my scripture in the book of Matthew chapter 16. Where is your friend? Where is she? Okay, there is another one. Where is she? Huh? Okay. And the reason... No, start from verse 1 now. Are you telling me where to start? Oh, Esther Media. So you are now the one teaching. Come and collect the mic. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting and tempting desired him that he would shoot them a sign from where? Heaven. Are you pay, pay attention? Pay attention. Verse 2. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say it will be fair weather, for the sky is what? Red. Verse 3. And in the morning it will be foul weather today. Are you getting what he's saying? He said, if you see red sky in the evening, it's fair weather. If you see red sky in the morning, it's bad weather. For the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites. If your Bible is your own, underline, O ye hypocrites. O ye hypocrites. You will very soon find out what it means to be hypocritical. That's one of the worst places you can find yourself. <laughs> there are very, very dangerous places you will not find, you should never find yourself. Now, the reason why we are touching this leaven matter is, as we said, it affects every other thing. It affects your work with God. You see, there are things about, are you with me? There are things about your life that if they happen, let me give you a typical example or um, let me give you, paint a picture for you of exactly what it means for 11 to affect things. For example, there are certain issues in a person so that you understand that 11s are not just weaknesses per se, but they are weaknesses that have influence. That's the best way I can explain it to you. Influential sins or weaknesses. It can be more than sin and all that. But it's influential. This is what I mean. If you are praying, leaven can affect prayer. Are you getting the point? Leaven can affect prayer, affect fasting affect your work with God, affect Bible study, affect your giving. Are you seeing where we are going now? So you will notice that even though it's a small thing, that its influence cuts across all the things you do as a believer. Are you seeing why what we are saying is important? It is not just that you miss your prayer time or that you sinned. Probably you lied or whatever. That's not exactly what we are talking about those weaknesses or sins that have influence on others either to make them potent or to make them impotent. Huh? Let's assume I come 
and I prayed powerfully for three hours and I did it by eye service. Are you with me? You are not with me. I prayed for three hours but it was eye service. I hope you know that that eye service has affected the prayer. Eye service has affected the fasting. Eye service has affected the giving. So you will notice that it's not about what is done is about its range of influence. The range of influence, that's why we call it leaven. Not just because it's sin, but because Jesus is trying to tell you that as you are seeing these things more, the range of his influence is big. It can, it can waste your one year fasting. You are not getting what I'm saying. Leaven can waste your one year fasting, can waste your three years waiting on God. Leaven, that's what we are saying. Leaven can waste all those service you are doing because leaven is there. It will make it tempted. Every other thing you are doing, leaven has made it something that cannot produce the result of God. Are you seeing why we are talking about leaven? So until leaven is purged, that service you gave cannot be accepted. The prayer cannot be accepted. The fasting cannot be accepted. Are you seeing why it's a big problem now? Because if it is something standing on its own, are you hearing me, Emeka? It is beyond a weakness. It's not something standing on its own. It is something affecting other things. And that is why it is a problem. Something small. Something that is one. Something that you might not notice. But it can go as far as affecting your destiny. It can affect everything about your life. That thing. Oh my God. Are you seeing where we are going now? Uh, because there are things also in your life that uh, stand alone. Are you with me? It doesn't really affect other things in your life. And I'm not making excuses for those weaknesses and sins. But I'm trying to paint a picture for you exactly what it means for something to be a leaven. For a weakness or sin to be a leaven. Are you with me so far? Something that is there and it can affect the output. The way God considers or man considers or destiny considers what you are doing or what you did. Are you getting the point? As we go on, God will help you to understand more. He said, Oh, ye hypocrites, ye can design the face of the sky, but ye cannot design the signs of the times. <laughs> Verse 4. A wicked and adulterous generation seek after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of what? What is the sign of Prophet Jonah? swallowed him. Okay. So she is correct. The sign of Prophet Jonah is the sign of death. Three days in the belly of the fish. Jesus was actually telling them that the real sign that they should expect from him is that he will die and 
stay in the belly of the ground for what? Three days. That's what he's telling them. That the most they are looking for a, another sign to prove to them that he is the Messiah. He's telling them that the real proof that he's the Messiah is that he will die. I hope you know that by the time we get to Matthew chapter. Okay, this is Matthew chapter 16 now. This is when Jesus started saying the real things about his calling. All the miracles, signs, and wonders. When we came to Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said, I think it's the father that ministered to him and said, The time of miracles, signs, and wonders is over. Now is the time for you to fulfill why you came upon the earth. And Jesus, from this moment, Jesus doesn't even care who listens to him. You know, the reason why you can still care about the crowd, the number, the cars is because the real issues of your calling has not started knocking on the door. When the real issues of Jesus' calling knocked on the door, huh? it is from this chapter 16 that his membership reduced to 500. They hammered them. They reduced to 12. And they turned to the 12 and said, oh, one or two, no one go. Ah, this is Jesus that used to have 5,000 people. He asked them, don't you want to go? He said, whom do men say is from here? Amen? So Jesus is telling them now that the sign you will receive, because they want him to, there is a sign they wanted from him. And Jesus showed that sign. But he showed it to only three people. To Peter, James, and John. Amen? Okay. But he told them that the sign that you people need now is the sign of Jonah. That I will die. As that's what you need. He's trying to tell them that what they need is to be born again. Because this real sign that they need is the output, is the resultant effect of staying in the belly of the ground for three days. Because they are asking him this question, as I will yet show you part of the elevens, the meaning of the elevens. They are asking him this question, and they are like, prove to us if you are the one. And he's trying to tell them that, including you, you people that think, I hope you know. Show me Romans chapter 9. Please, sorry for this little digression, but it's important. Show me Romans chapter 9. Verse 1. I said the truth in Christ, I lie not my conscience, also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. Verse 2. That I have great heaviness and, and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself we are accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Who is the one speaking here? Good. So who are his kinsmen in the flesh? Huh? The what? Verse 4. Who are Israelites to whom pertaineth number one? Now listen. Look at the things that the Israelites own as their own. Where are you from, Oga? Not you. The one behind you. Uh, where are you from? Huh? Where are you in Imo State? Huh? Huh? You know if you pronounce it. Hey! This is not good. Dennis. You and your... This is not good. Uh-uh. Somebody give him mic so that he will say it into the mic. <laughs> no, mercy for him. So, Paul is trying to tell you eh, that the Israelites are not the same with you. That there are certain exclusivities that is given to them. 
maybe one of these days god helping us will show but my what i wanted i will teach you is not uh, is not um, about the jews but about christ there are things that are the prerogatives of the christ but this one now is trying to tell you that if it is this thing is given to them we don't know how many reasons why god chose them but they are the owners he said who are Israelites to whom pertains number one what the adoption believe it or not adoption doesn't pertain to Mezago people good thank God you accepted and the glory and the covenant and the giving of the law and the service of God and promise these things it doesn't pertain to giddy people Paul is saying whether you want to hear it or not that this thing pertains to them huh Look at, let me see verse 5. Whose are the fathers and all that. So, imagine a people that has all this as their, as their own. How will they present themselves? So, they came before Jesus. Are you getting the point? Knowing all these things. And they asked, show us a sign. Hi. Jesus told them, what you need to do is to die. Because according to Paul, God has counted all men under sin so that no flesh shall glory in his presence for all have sinned but it it will take the sign of jonah for them to realize that every man has been counted to go underground hmm? for three days i hope you know that when jesus died you did what you died with him hmm. okay back to my scripture in the book of matthew chapter 16 I think I'm in verse 4 or 5. And he left them and departed. Verse 5. Verse 5. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. <laughs> Listen. Because yesterday I was trying to prove to you that even though we are talking about physical bread, that exactly this is not about bread. That this is about doctrine. And when his disciples were come, okay, show me the next verse 6. And Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of what? So, there are three kinds of leaven in the Gospels that Jesus told us to beware of. Number one is the leaven of the Pharisees. Number two, I think you need to write it. Number two is the leaven of the Sadducees. Number three is the leaven of Herod. Number one is what? Number two is what? Number three is what? Good. So then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Verse seven and they reasoned among themselves saying it is because we have not taken we have taken no bread that's why he's telling so jesus is talking about leaven and they didn't come with bread so jesus spoke about leaven and they interpreted with their human mind and said ah the reason why jesus is talking about leaven is because we did not come with bread are you with me so 
verse 8 which when Jesus perceived he said unto them O ye of little faith why reason ye amongst yourselves among yourselves because ye have brought no bread verse 9 do, do ye not do ye not yet understand neither remember the five loaves of the five thousand and how many baskets you took up verse 10 neither the seven loaves of the four thousand and how many baskets you took up verse 11 how is it that ye do not understand that i speak it not to you concerning what bread so even though you know as i've always taught you before that the purpose of jesus teaching with objects and parables is because his range his realm differs and his range of communication differs so that even if you are within his realm his range of communication differs eh? imagine you Anthony imagine you teaching
Jesus can just bring something so deep. And when it's true, like this, if you pay attention, it you will just say, ah, how did he arrive to this point? That's how I do my own study, right? We can demystify the deep things of your life, the things that worry you. Some of the time you are thinking around it, but you have not succeeded in putting words, in putting it into things that can be used as building blocks around your life. And Jesus comes and, and comes where you are looking for bread. I said, beware of leaven. Uh-huh. Is it because I went to buy bread that Papa is telling me about leaven? Are you getting where we are going now? Is it because I bought a new phone that Papa is telling me about phone? Is it because I want to travel abroad that Papa is telling, telling me about people traveling abroad and getting there? If you think I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you. Hmm? So, are you seeing it now? Jesus will not tell them, no. I'm not talking about traveling abroad. It so happens that since your heart is filled with traveling and you have understood the dynamic, are you with me? What I want to teach you, the dynamics of processing your visa is what can capture it the best. So Jesus borrows that experience because you will best understand his teaching because you have passed through what it takes to procure a visa. So if he tells you interview, you understand. There are people here that don't know what is interview. They don't have their international passport. They don't have anything. They are just moving like this. Ask them, are you a Nigerian? He say, yes, show me passport. And they will be looking at you. Do you have passport? You like this. Where are you from? Are you a Ghanaian? Where are you from? Where is your passport? That national identity card is only in Nigeria they know it all. And that's not my point. My point is that you will be able to explain something better. Huh? If you can bring an experience that somebody has passed through. So I can come and use surgery dimensions. Hmm? I can come and start talking about surgery to you. Surgery to you. Is it because I have a surgery to perform or I perform the surgery? Is that why Papa is talking about surgery? He said, no. The reason why we are talking about it is that you have passed through something that can lend us the exact picture of the information we need to pass across, which wouldn't have been possible if such a situation did not present itself. So it means that Jesus is an object teacher. He waits for something to present itself as an avenue. That thing will capture different dimensions and expressions of what he wants to say. If you are with me so far, say Amen. Did you understand what I said now? I'm asking, did you understand it? So somebody get mic for him. Hmm? I'll ask you two questions. No, sit down. Okay, so Jesus said that you should beware. He's not exactly talking about bread, even though they didn't have bread, and Jesus talked about leaven. So it's only natural for you to think that Jesus is about talking about bread. Hmm? So Jesus said, No, I'm not talking about bread. The leaven is not in connection with the bread to eat, leaven is in connection to what? Sometimes doctrine. 
Okay, probably I should show you that you should be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Verse 12. Let's read verse 12 together. One, two, ready, go. Are you seeing it? This is not the leaven of bread, but the doctrine of what? Pharisees. This is not the leaven of bread, but what? The doctrine of the Pharisees. Let me say it the third time. Don't forget it. This is not the leaven of bread. Kechi. this man 
Are you fasting now? Say the truth. I'm sampling this thing now. Apostolic doctrine cannot be differentiated from the apostolic gospel. No. Ayona. The apostolic doctrine cannot be disassociated from the apostolic lifestyle. Lifestyle or culture. What is culture I use? Use what I use. So the whole reason why I'm insisting on this is for you to know the connection between culture and doctrine. And I used Acts chapter 1 verse 1 yesterday to buttress the point where the Bible said speaking about Jesus, he said of all that Jesus began both to what? Do and to teach. Meaning the strength and authority of his teaching was derived from a lifestyle. In other words, you can teach without speaking. I hope you know. I hope you know you can preach the gospel without saying anything. You don't know. You can preach without saying anything. In fact, sometimes when you say something is necessity. I've forgotten who made the quote. He said, preach all the time if necessary with words. In other words, you can preach and evangelize all the time. Then when necessary with what? Words. We have seen people that lived in such a way that they taught us so much that you didn't know when you went and asked them, how do you do this? That means the person has been teaching you something. Is it not true? And then there are other, another set of people that are living on the opposite side that are fighting all the means to teach. All the time they are in a hurry to teach. They are teaching, saying, to, but there is no lifestyle to support that kind of thing. Huh? No matter how much the person says no matter how well he says it it is vacant it's a vacuum in the spirit that kind of thing can never make any man are you getting the point if you are with me so far say amen, amen. you better hear me Jesus said because of you people I sanctified myself do you know what it means it means I made sure that this thing worked in me so that it will become easy for it to work in you and we understand that the word of God can work, you know, independent. The word of God has power in itself to produce results. Huh? But I cannot, are you getting the point? You are an irresponsible man of God or pastor. If you are just waiting for the you are you just come and talk the word of God and go. No, you have to ensure by the grace in your office 
that the word that you speak has effect in the life of people. And the fundamental way to ensure that is to sanctify yourself. If you are with me so far, say amen. amen. Okay. Having established this, let's see the number one. Okay, let me give you a scripture that speaks about Mark 8, verse 15. Because somebody will ask me, probably ask me, what of the 11 of Herod? What of the 11 of Herod? Mark. Let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. And let's read it one more time. Good. Can you see it now? So, according to the scripture, how many eleven do we have? Wait, I'm asking this Muhammad. Number one. Eleven of the first. Number two. Eleven of the subsidies. Number three. Eleven of Herod. Clap for him. Let me tell you. Don't just be committing to your spirit. Commit to your mind too. So let's start from the first eleven. Luke chapter 12 verse 1 Luke chapter 12 verse 1 Luke chapter 12 verse 1 If you are there say Amen If you are not there say wait for us I adjure you in the name of Jesus to answer If you are not there say wait for us You see there are more people that are not there than there are there Okay. In the meantime, when they were gathered together, an innumerable multitude of what? People. In so much that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, are you getting the picture that is being painted here? People gathered. Huh? But the Bible said he began to tell his disciples, first of all, even though, are you getting it? This teaching now is not for the crowd. This is for disciples. He said, even though the crowd came, he said he began to tell his disciples, first of all, huh, that they should beware. Be, beware ye. Disciples, first of all, beware ye of the leaven of what? The Pharisees. Which is what? So I'm, this teaching is not I'm not thinking it's in your Bible if you notice that all the things we have been putting and calling all of them are in your Bible is it not true? we are reading it he said beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees which is what? hypocrisy so if I ask you now what is the meaning what is the leaven of the Pharisees? I didn't hear you okay so there are two levels 
when we say the leaven of the Pharisees, it, 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 it means two things. Number one, write it down. Number one, hypocrisy. Number two, spiritual pride. Number one, what? To what? If you check through the Gospels, you will find out that there are a few people that Jesus contended with more than the Pharisees. In fact, did you notice that Jesus did not contend with demons a lot? Mr. Chica. If he sees a demon, he will command the demon to leave. But if he sees Pharisees, they will stand there and begin to argue. Keep arguing. Keep arguing. In fact, the Bible says in many cases that they will come and tempt him. We read it here now. Is it not true? These people, they prepared. <laughs> they listen to what Jesus is saying. You are not with me. They listen to what Jesus is saying. Listen to his teaching when they are true. They now prepare for him. Huh? Now they prepare for him. And what is powering their engagement is not because they really wanted to know. That's one part. Huh? And number two, it is not as if what they are trying to establish is something that they are free from. <laughs> In fact, at some point, Jesus called them whitewashed sepulchres. Many times. All you need to do now is to go through the Gospels and check wherever they wrote Pharisees. You will find out that they are trying to establish one, two things. Number one, is the superiority of their spirituality. Huh? That is what is called spiritual pride. You don't have to prove your spirituality. You don't have to prove that it is superior. That is one of the meaning of that level. Are you getting the point? So when they see Jesus eat with that woman, they say, why will you be eating with this woman? At some point, they will come and say, why is it that the, we the Pharisees will fast, but your disciples don't fast. Have you seen it? They are trying to prove the superiority of their spirituality. <laughs> it is called spiritual pride. Spiritual pride. That is the worst kind of pride. The pride that you hung on God or the things of God. Are you getting the point? example you are fasting that's the list of it you are fasting to prove that you can fast more what's it called spiritual pride you are praying to prove that you can pray more what's it called that one is the worst you will enjoy yourself you will just waste do you know maybe not here not the way we pray here and then it's how can somebody that is in his right mind you don't even need revelation how can he be praying this way we are praying and he's praying it to show? God forbid. Just pack one corner, find my life and stay one corner, be sipping tea and be doing shalom that is so and all that. Why would I label myself and he's fake? Kai! You are of all men the most miserable. You label yourself like this and it's by hypocrisy. 
it is not just that God won't forgive you. Your destiny will not forgive you. It's not that you did not do anything. Are you getting the point? How dare you study the Bible to prove a point? You know, there are people that study this Bible to they know more scripture and everything to prove point for argument's sake. Huh? It is not necessarily that they want what they are hearing to affect their life. Their head will be very, very big. But their heart will be small. There is a teaching they gave us. Amen. There is a teaching they gave us in the school of ministry many years ago. Many years ago. You know, this recently God instructed me to go through my diaries. And I was going through the diary I had about 10 years ago. And I saw one of the teachings they gave us in the school of ministry. One of the one of the teaching there, one of the sub-teaching, I think it was handled three times. Is the superiority of love over doctrine. You know, those days I had it in the head and all those, but I didn't really know. Ten years later, I have found out what was taught us. There is nothing bigger than that. Because as of that time, there is really not, no experience for me to... I cannot apply what I was taught. Because my experience cannot capture such a scenario. Are you getting the point? Ten years later, my jota became important. Keep your jota. I'm telling people, write down on your jota and all that. I can show you my jota from campus days. 2008, 2009, 2010. All of them, I packed them. Packed them. That's my sister. Pack all of them. There is one of my son those days. Even though, you know, I don't know. One of the things I did for him to to show him my love and commitment to him is that I took one of my daughters and gave to him. Say, if you do what is written here, you will become like me. I'm not sure he did it. <laughs> I'm not sure. Sometimes I want to ask him, where is that my daughter? Let me collect it back. <laughs> do you know who I'm talking about? Huh? No. Do you know who I'm talking about? The, the second one. <laughs> Hi! If I say one more thing now, if he's listening to me, he will know he's the one, so I will not say it. <laughs> anyway, with this thing I said, you probably know. Because he's the only one I've given my daughter. Keep your daughter, keep your daughter. Keep your daughter. Hmm? Tomorrow, it might be the inheritance you will leave for your children. Your boy will not want to be doing when he reads your daughter. He says, So, my daddy wrote this thing 20 years ago. And I'm rejoicing that I've stumbled on revelation. Look at what a man wrote 20 years ago. You don't know. He will lie down on the ground and cry and say, Help me, Jesus. Write on your daughter. Even if you are too. You are too indisciplined to take advantage of the revelations in your daughter. Your child might rise up and become disciplined. Huh? I hope you know that part of the reason you are where you are is simply indiscipline. Huh? 
I will teach you people on discipline and indiscipline. I will bring out 12 points and give to you. It's indiscipline. Either you are eating too much, doing, you are not doing this or you are doing this. Everything goes down to indiscipline. Hmm? When you are supposed to wake by 2, you say, let me sleep 10 more minutes. When you are supposed to eat 3 spoons, you say, let me add 2 more spoons. want to smile smile you want to <laughs> you want to laugh laugh oh my god ah, hallelujah so the doctrine of the leaven of the pharisees is number one what spirit no let's use spiritual pride number one what spiritual pride hmm. i noticed something that throughout the gospels the pharisees we are trying to prove to jesus that whatever he brought is inferior. Why do you need to prove that? Huh? And I noticed something about Jesus. Jesus didn't bother in explaining himself. In fact, sometimes he will tell him he will, he will intentionally choose the opposite of what you wanted him to do to prove a point. Because when they asked him, show us a sign. It's not really a sign. He's prove a point to us. One of the things that must die in you, if you must wield real kingdom power, eh, is the tendency to prove something. If, if you are still too interested in proving something or, you know, to probably answer or say, you don't know true kingdom, there is nothing to prove. If there is anybody that have, if there is anything to prove, let God himself prove it. Is it not true? Eh? Let God prove it by manifold grace and manifold result in your life. It, that's how Jesus operates. Anybody that comes, Nicodemus comes and told him, Good master, nobody can do this except God be with him. So they have looked at him and found out that even though he is not saying that he came from God, that there are signs littered everywhere. Many times when you ask Jesus questions, according to the book of John, Jesus will begin to tell you that anybody that bears witness for himself is false. He said, my father in heaven bears witness of me. The things we do does not originate from earth. I don't need to explain to you anything. I don't owe you anything. Huh? That is what spiritual pride does. It tries to bring people to the point where they need to explain to them to people the things that God is doing through their life. They felt that if something like this must happen, some of us should know it should come through here, it should come like this. That's pride in the spirit. So you are trying to prove that your spirituality must be the gauge of everything in God. Are you getting the point? So when Jesus appeared on the scene, they are trying to find out how can this man appear and possibly have something superior to what we have or something that is outside of what we have uh -uh. Jesus will come <laughs> but Jesus must have no tribe <laughs> Jesus will come and tell them before Abraham I was Kai they said bring this young man we are going to kill him look at this small boy before Abraham who are you <laughs> then Jesus will go and dodge and keep quiet when that one has gone down eh? he will come out and say your father Abraham saw my day and rejoice 
who is this guy? They want to keep him with Dodge and come back another day. Huh? And tell him, I, I think he's in one of these scriptures if you read it down. Huh? When they came to tempt him, did everything. I think he's here. Is he here? Show me 16. You are correct. Who says 16? You have read your Bible. Show me Matthew chapter 16, the last four verses. Matthew chapter 16, the last four verses. I like, I like your response. I like the fact that you went back to those things. Matthew chapter 16, the last four verses. Be fast. If you are not fast, I will go. and left him and went their way. Verse 23. The same day came to him the what? Sadducees. We said that there is no resurrection and asked him. All they are trying to do is to set trap. Saying, Master, Moses said, if a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Verse 25. Now there were with us seven brethren and the first, when he had married a wife, diseased and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Verse 26. Likewise, the second also, and the third, and unto the seventh. Are you getting what he's saying? Huh? Okay. Since you said, they are giving this instance, that Moses said, eh? that when a man marries, and the man dies, that you can give the woman to say, okay, the woman now married first son, second one, say, I'm married seven. These people are wicked. Seven, they killed seven children with their analysis. Eh? Remember, 
that the Bible already said they don't believe in resurrection. You are not getting the point. They already have what is set in their hands. They are not trying. They are, <laughs> they are not trying to give you information or to teach anything. There is already something in their hand. They are just trying to prove it with what they are. are you getting the point? Uh-huh. That's the point. So they asked the seven, verse 27. And then and last of all, the woman also died. Hey, these people are wicked. You will not die in Jesus' name. Your husband will not die in Jesus' name. Your children will not die in Jesus' name. Even in the example, they will not die. Let them stop using you for bad example too. When I was a hundred level first year, they said our drama. They looked at me this way I am with my white. You see the way I'm wearing white clothes, they told me to ask Satan. I thought Satan is people that is black and dark. If, he, if I'm dark like Lotana or maybe Joshua or maybe okay Elijah so you can use you can tell him to ask Satan but how can you look at me and tell me to ask Satan even in the drama I will not be Satan hey! a woman in our church in the village I was teaching Sunday school many years ago I, I said let's assume you have cancer the woman said God forbid I said I say it's an example in there. They say even in it, stop using this. Stop using <laughs> even in it. I say even in example, nobody will die in Jesus' name. For therefore, in the resurrection, remember they said there is no resurrection. So they gave this example. So they now came as if they are we are not against what you are saying, you know. It's not as if we are against what you are saying, but we are just asking a question. If you can prove this or answer this, huh? so in that, if you say in that resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the what seven? For they all what had her. Imagine. Thank God for Jesus. There are many questions he answered. You know, some people say. The Pauline epistle is the highest. Who told you? Paul can't answer this. You have to be God to answer this. <laughs> are you getting the point? There are many things Jesus said no human being can say it. He will come and say, Moses told you, but I tell you. No wonder they killed him. Even if you are there, you will join them and kill him. You will join them and kill him. Ah, what is this? Small boy, 33 years. Huh? He's coming and saying, Moses told, do you know who is Moses? Every, or everything concerning the Jews that is hanging on Moses. How dare you challenge Moses by what you are saying? Who are you? It will mean you will bring down everything. He said, Moses told you what I tell you. Why? They said, bring this boy, we will kill him. Moses himself said, A prophet like unto me with the Lord raised. Moses is not in contention with Jesus. Huh? It's the people, according to this scripture, when we read down, that doesn't know the doctrine, neither the power of God. Huh? When they touch things in the spirit, 
that educates men to bring them to the exact reality that God wants to communicate. They have not touched it. Huh? They are just touching the periphery. And Satan can lead you astray if you don't touch the spirit of truth. Including Moses you talk about, you don't know him. That's what Jesus mostly tells. Abraham you claim is your father, you don't know him. Because Abraham saw Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. What is the day he saw? He saw the day of resurrection. It was, I hope you know. I don't want to go there. Why did Abraham go and sacrifice Isaac? You thought it's just because God told him. The man, there are many gaps that you didn't look out for. The man prayed and interceded because he's a prophet of intercession. When he prayed, he saw the day of resurrection. It was in his utterance. Huh? He said that God is able to raise him from the dead. There is nothing that we lose that is lost in this kingdom. When you stand, you can see the day of Christ. It is the day of restoration and resurrection. On that day, you will find out nothing was lost. <laughs> I say these things to comfort your hearts. in the resurrection whose wife he married God's love God's love he married Victor Victor what he married Emmanuel Emmanuel what he married Emeka Emeka what he married Elijah Elijah what he married Precious Okafo Precious Okafo what he married Perfect Perfect what so finally you married Lotana, Lotana what? So on that day, assuming, because if I don't say it like this, you will forget it. But having said it like this, you will never forget it. On that day, who will be the husband? Are you getting the point? Huh? Huh? They said God's love. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? Because listen to this thing. It is not just that they took her, whatever. There is a covenant involved. The Bible said, for they all had her. That this is beyond just probably having sexual integrity. The, the law, everything was, you know. It is a legal process was passed through before the woman joined this one. Are you getting it? So he didn't just pick a one. No, there are things they do, and then it becomes yours now. So when we come there, whose own is it? Because legally, this man can claim. Legally, this man can claim. Legally, uh, Adura can claim. Why are you smiling? Don't you have plans to marry? Look at me. Don't you have plans to marry? Uh -huh. I will collect your father's number and tell him. He will use police and come. <laughs> Let's see the next verse. 
Jesus answered and said unto them, Let's read the remaining part. Uh huh. Why do you err? Why do you err? Why do men err? Why do they misfire? Why do they misfire? What does it mean to err here? The best word to use, actually, so that you will understand, is misfire. Because when you say air, you will think it's a matter of mistake. It's beyond mistake the way you think it. It's misfire. Eh? It means that you are trying to aim. Are you with me? But you don't have what it takes to hit the target. Meanwhile, you insist. When you, when you shoot, what will happen? You will misfire. So these men are shooting and misfiring for two reasons. Not knowing the scriptures or what? The power. Okay. Let's see Jesus. Continue verse 30. 30. For in the resurrection, they neither what? Marry. Nor are given in. But are as the angels of God. Where? Can Paul answer this? Paul, even Paul at his best, is, is a master of revelation. And revelation is standing on pre-existing information. Without information, there is no revelation. What Paul does is to go to the information available and dig it. Dig it. He can, what you are doing three feet, four feet, Paul can do 40 feet in the ground. But it's still the same information. That means there is a building block. There is a raw material available. And the raw material is what? Information. But this thing Jesus is saying here is new information. Is it not new information? Okay. So let's see verse 31. But now he answered them this way, just to answer them. But he now said, But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God? Saying, verse 32, I am the God of what? And the God of what? And the God of what? God is not the God of the dead. If your Bible is your own, this is one of the scriptures have in your heart all the time. God is not the God of the dead but the God of the living. God is not the God of the dead but the God of the living. God is not the God of the dead but the God of the living. Even them do not understand what Jesus is speaking about. Verse 33 And when the multitude heard this they were astonished at his words. You see it's a matter of doctrine. Verse 34 but when the Pharisees has heard that he had put Kai! <laughs> Are you seeing what is happening here? But when the Pharisees have heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Verse 35. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? All this thing is tempting him. They don't want to know. They already have what they want. And they are not going to change. They are not saying it for changing sake. And that's why you don't have business proving any point. Because the people don't want to change it. Let's assume we even tell them everything that happened. They will still go ahead and do what they want to do. So why say anything? 
Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Verse 37. Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with what? All thy mind. Verse 38. This is the first and the great commandment. Verse 39. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So Jesus summarized. Jesus is trying to tell them that the laws of Moses can be summarized in total. If you love God and love men, you have kept all the laws. In other words, you cannot say you love God and love men and still fall short of those other commandments. Huh? Because you don't truly love somebody that you killed. Somebody that you collected his property, collected. Do you truly love? No. Are you getting the point? Do you truly love God when you have another God beside him? Are you getting the point? Okay, verse 40. On these two commandments hang all the law and what? The prophet. This is the words of Jesus. Verse 41. Why the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them. Verse 42. Saying, what think ye of Christ? Turn to your neighbor, ask your neighbor, what think ye of Christ? He has taken it to another dimension. Oh! You can ask, it's okay, but when they ask you, it's over. What think ye of Christ? Many times when Jesus asks these people questions, they can't answer, they, they sneak away, they run away. Huh? Because for them to answer will be to implicate themselves. He said, what think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They said unto him, the what? The son of him. <laughs> the trap they are trying to set for Jesus. At the end, Jesus kept the trap for them. They fell in. Whose son is he? They said unto him, the son of David. Look at the next verse. The next verse. He said unto them, How then doth David in the spirit call him Lord? <laughs> He's in your Bible. I hope you know where is it. Where is, where is this thing that Jesus put? Where is it? You like this. You, you, you. Where, 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 where? You don't know. Psalm chapter 110. Let's see it. Psalm 110. Esther Media, if you, if you will help us. Oh my God. The Lord said unto my Lord, Wait, the point is the first phrase. The Lord said unto my Lord. There are two lords here, and David was not one of them. Is it not true? There are two lords here, and David is not one of them. So Jesus is saying, What say ye of Christ? And they said he is the son of David. Huh? You see the way Jesus builds arguments. Are you saying he is the son of David? Meanwhile, David himself called him Lord. David call him Lord by the Spirit. What say ye of Christ? Huh? The Christ cannot be the son of David. Now, the point is this. It is not as if 
is not the son of David. But Jesus is trying to show them that the definition that they have about the matter is flawed because their realm of interpretation is already faulty. For you to understand the right and reality and perspective of the truth of the scripture, you have to find yourself within the environment of the kingdom. That is when you will find out that the names that are being bandied around in the scripture is representative of higher matters in God. So when you hear David, for you to really understand what David is, you have to look beyond the man that was king in the natural. Are you getting the point? And see that there is a David of God. And that is what is in the heart of God. That is what motivates God. So when they are making emphasis, they are thinking about David in the natural, Abraham in the natural. Meanwhile, the real Abraham, until you are born again, you are never his child. You are not connected to this throne that they lay claim on until you know the real Christ. Because the throne we talk about is not the throne that is at the physical Israel. It is the throne of the Christ domiciled in heaven. That is the one that God made a covenant with David. David was in the spirit when he saw the throne. And men are trying to interpret it in the natural. He said, you eh, not knowing the scripture. What do you know? Come into the realm. Come into the realm. Come into the realm. Where light and knowledge dwells. Where wisdom flies. Not just the one that enters your head. But the one that is formed into your fabric. How then does David in the spirit call him Lord? Say it. The Lord said unto my Lord, What? Sit down at my right hand. Till I make thy enemies thy footstool. Verse 45. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? Nobody can answer. <laughs> There's still another verse. And no man. Let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. That is their way. Continue. Somebody speaking tongues for one
15 more seconds. She had a pamunta kapadanteli. to stop here tomorrow we continue again we are trusting God for maybe one of these days we will have a miracle service well, put your hands on your head let me pray for you Father in the name of Jesus I decree over your people whatsoever be their challenge Lord by your mighty power by the authority that is in your name let it be settled now in the name of Jesus let it be settled in the name of Jesus. Let it be settled in the name of Jesus. You better believe this prayer. Health challenges, financial challenges, family challenges, spiritual challenges. Father, I ask, let it be settled now in the name of Jesus. Let it be settled now in the name of Jesus. Almighty God keeps you. Almighty God blesses you. Almighty God preserves you. Almighty God opens doors for you. Almighty God brings favor and mercy your way. Remain blessed in the name of Jesus. You are blessed. You can greet your neighbor. Five people.